Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Scott Clark, the chairman and CEO of the True Life Companies. The True Life Companies collaborate with property owners, investment partners, municipalities, and local communities to repurpose underutilized commercial property to bring vital residential use, bring in new life, new energy, and renewed economic opportunity to communities in which they work. It's really needed, and it's interesting stuff. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thank you for having me, Doug. Give us a little background on the True Life Companies. How long have you been around? What's the mission? And how has the mission evolved over the existence of the company? I'd be glad to. Um, we formed the firm, uh, launched the firm, if you will, in 2008, just post the financial crisis. Uh, we felt that, uh, I guess I've always been an individual that believes when others are fearful, it's time to lift your head and and because it'll be an opportunity rich environment. And it certainly was post the crisis, though it took a while for residential real estate to kind of uh, get its colors back on and show its, uh, show its good side again. Um, we've always been an abundance-minded firm. So we first launched the firm. We were very um, distressed asset buyers, I guess you'd call it, uh, broken subdivisions. And uh, we did really well then, and we're happy to bring housing to the marketplace. The model evolved then in the, let's say, 2011 range after most of the broken subdivisions you would want to own were bought and gone. Uh, we evolved into a master plan real estate developer, large tracks, 200 to 1,000 lots per unit uh, per uh, development that is in always in the Western United States, Colorado, Arizona, California. And then in 2014, we launched our current investment thesis, was, which is all around attainable for sale housing. Uh, we believe, by the way, Doug, that the American dream is of a homeownership is alive and well, and we really are focusing our model on the 25 to 39 year olds, uh, 68 million of them in America, and we believe they deserve their shot at the American dream. And it's been uh, more and more difficult, uh, uh, less and less affordable for them to own their their piece of the American dream. And uh, our investment thesis is doing something about it. What's been your path and the True Life Company's path to the advisor community? Yeah, really great question, actually. So, you know, when we launched the firm, it was myself and my partners that were the primary investors in the strategy. And um, it became clear that we were onto something and this, you know, quest for attainable housing was real. Um, so we hooked up with Orchard Securities and started uh, these nationally syndicated funds. Um, and they introduced me to, um, we've had our, our experience with inst more institutionally minded capital, Doug, over the years. Great people, great to find to work with. But we really wanted to bring our thesis to ordinary investors in America. And the advisor communities it allows us to do that. We've met a lot of great people. And um, there are people that we feel really align well with our values. And uh, we've found it to be quite enjoyable to meet 
great advisors trying to do their best for their clients. And, you know, if you were to ask me, Doug, what our why is, our why is to create economic opportunities for others. And we do that through this delivery of attainable housing for sale housing to the marketplace. So now mirroring with these advisors that allow them to bring our strategy to their clients and create economic abundance for them. And they pay their taxes, of course, the investors, um, they create more jobs and it allows the whole thing to really, uh, really grow organically. And it's, uh, it's been uh, real, real exciting for us actually. Can you go into your thesis behind your company's strategy a little bit more? You know, like what's the big idea? Oh, I certainly can. And, you know, Doug, I would start by saying that I believe if you look across all great companies in America, probably, you know, across the entire world, of course, they often, um, great ideas are born from learning what not to do, right? You tried that, that didn't work. Oh, we tried that, that didn't work. And then you keep what does work. And our thesis was launched with, you know, our, our team on average, 75 of us now, uh, the senior leadership team has about 28 years on average experience in the space. So we've learned a lot about what not to do. And we developed a strategy. Uh, what I like to tell people to do is imagine an assembly line in their mind. And then imagine a, a, a a retail strip center that's lost its grocery anchor. Uh, we will take that retail strip center and repurpose it to a fully designed residential community, typically right down to where the sprinkler heads are. And we will sell that to America's best home builders. And we do it over a very large portfolio, 40 plus transactions. Um, and they're moving through their time on an assembly line, if you will, future communities moving through time. And then you could picture a series of private placement syndications funding those transactions as they move through their time horizon. And then every time one is delivered to uh, a home builder, typically a publicly traded home builder, um, distributions are created. So you have this mass diversification. And um, we are now delivering thousands of lots to America's best home builders uh, every year. And that's um, creating a lot of get great memories. People feel a lot better about their their lot on life. And uh, we're, uh, we're really, um, really uh, passionate about our mission. And there's a lot to serve, right? Uh, there are 68 million 25 to 39 year olds in America. That is a um, a lot of people looking for their piece of the American dream, and we're we're proud our strategy is doing something about the lack thereof of that attainable housing. Yeah, that's a big opportunity in this area. Can you expand upon that a little bit more? And do people really think that they can achieve a first home? Yeah, you know, it it, it has become more difficult. I remember Doug during the financial crisis saying, you know, home ownership is be, is going to become you know, more and more for the affluent. And I wasn't happy about that. And and that, to a certain extent, that's happened. Um, so our thesis, our passion as a, as, a, as a country or as a company, excuse me, is to create more attainable house, attainable priced housing. Um, our strategy is literally taking cost out of the process. So as to size of the opportunity, we're in nine geographical markets throughout the country now expanding by four per year. Um, we have a um, proprietary data set of why we go where we go. So 
the there's no limit to the number of properties we can repurpose. Sometimes it's an industrial building. Sometimes it's a, a commercial office building. We know the country's uh, since COVID's a little uh, heavy on commercial office. Um, so there's no doubt there are plenty of opportunities. It's getting the economics to work where what we can deliver is in a price point that the job base and that market can afford. So clearly we, we go where there, where there are STEM jobs, are and things of, of that nature so that the uh, the affordability, for lack of a better word, is there for those types of jobs. You know, in America today, Doug, you might be interested to know that, as I said, there are more than 68 million 25 to 39 year olds, and there's about 800,000 total houses for sale. Um, so there's still this glut of, uh, of need compared to supply. Um, and uh, and uh, I'm proud that we're doing something something about that. So plenty of opportunity going forward to do better and to create more attainable for sale housing for our younger folks. Where are these investments being made? Are there areas of the country that are more suitable for these communities? Absolutely. As I mentioned earlier, there's a 19 point set of, of you know data that we use to decide where we're going to go. And the first one is. Um, highest percentage of 25, 39-year-olds. So today we're executing in places like San Francisco Bay Area, four regions in Southern California, Denver, Austin, Salt Lake, DC Metro, soon to be Raleigh, Phoenix, et cetera. So first we go where there is the highest percentage in the, for that geographical area of 25 to 39-year-olds in the country. Second, where there is the uh, largest percentage of publicly traded home builders, Pulte, KB, Toll Brothers, et cetera, because that is our customer. And then, um, and then jobs and, and, and GDP growth and, and, and 15 other reasons we go where we go. Uh, and, but we won't go to places where, uh, where land is a commodity. So you'll, you won't see us in Houston. You won't see us in Chicago. We'll, you'll see us where uh, there are barriers to entry to housing, and a, a large percentage of medical tech engineering type jobs. Um, but, you know, in America, candidly, my upbringing, Midwest born and raised Chicago, dad was a Chicago Northwestern Railroad union guy. Uh, I'm just as passionate about providing attainable housing for the trades as I am STEM jobs, et cetera. And those, as most of us know, the labor uh, has had a major comeback in America. And, and we think it'll continue with the, uh, with complexities across the planet. And we're just as passionate about uh, providing housing, if not more so uh, for all uh, groups that have a desire to have a piece of the American dream. Can you give us an idea of a situation that lends itself to transformation and what the true life companies do in the transformation process? Yeah, I, I don't mind doing that at all. Um, we'll take, I got one that comes to mind in San Jose, California, was a this piece of property was a, a kind of a dilapidated industrial building. The area happened to be already zoned, which most of ours are, are as residential, just it still was industrial. So we took that industrial building, repurposed the approvals, the underlying what's called entitlements to 189 residential units again, right down to where the architecture design, this right down to where the sprinkler heads are in the landscape plan, and then sold that 
those 189 units, that piece of property to one of America's publicly traded home builders um, and did really well on the transaction. So that's, that's, a, that's an example. We have others where there's a retail strip center where we can take the property and, and create a much higher and more valuable use by converting it to residential, but literally don't take costs out of the process. We can pass those savings on to the, for, to the home builder and then, and then the home builder will hopefully pass those on to, um, you know, to the end consumer. I'd like to mention there, Doug, is that in America, when I bought my first house way back in the 80s, um, the, uh, the percentage of homes that were delivered to the marketplace, new homes that were 1,400 square feet and smaller were north of 40% of the stock was 1,400 square feet and smaller. Because when you're 26 years old, 30 years old, that's all you can afford because real estate is typically sold at a price per square foot. Today in America, less than 7% of what's getting delivered is less than smaller than 1,400 square feet. And we wonder why our kids can't afford anything. So in our, in our strategy, the lion lion share of the units are 900 to 1,900 square feet. Most of them are three bedrooms, two bath. Most people are still looking for that experience, but they're often townhomes, uh, definitely stick built windows. Again, trying to hit a price point so America's millennial generation can, can get into their first home and get a piece of the American dream. And I would imagine most listeners to your podcast are maybe on their third house. Well, they never would have got through that third house. Maybe they're in their dream house. They never would have got there in their first piece of the American dream and then rode that equity to something greater. Is there a maximum number of projects that the true life companies work on at any given time? Yeah, we, we, we really want to moderate, if you will, our scale. We're very abundant-minded, but you have to have personnel. This is still a people-based business. Uh, if you Again, if you saw our team, the average experience is like 25 years. It's still a who do you know where the bones are buried. So our portfolio today is 40 assets across those nine geographical areas. We will grow that by about 20 25% per year. And then we'll also grow the markets we're in. Uh, we are both a, uh, a, a group that uh, does in the approval process, uh, the land development process when necessary, and we own a home building company. Um, so I would just say that there's no limit because of, we're very abundant minded, but it all is talent driven. So we'll grow at about 25% per year. If you talk to me this time next year, Doug, I'll guess we have about 60 in process across those nine, then 13 geographical areas growing by four per year. That's busy. How can yes. advisors learn more about how can advisors learn more about the true life companies? In many ways. We're we're pretty much at every conference that's out there. Um, but there is uh, info, uh, they can write this down, info at TTLCapitalgroup.com. Um, or Orchard Securities, or any one of our wholesalers, uh, Brendan McLaughlin, Jim Sears, Andy Nerney, uh, et cetera. Um, we're out in the marketplace a lot. Besides adding four new projects a year, what's next for you? Um, are you looking at any, doing anything else? Yeah, we're really focused on um, 
the residential experience. We believe that of all the things technology will potentially take over, we can't picture a time where where people won't lay their head on a pillow at night and 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 have uh, celebrations within and great great memories within their home. We are looking at uh, built for rent. We um, again, Doug, have built a team. Maybe because we all have so many kids. I have five that is really passionate about a piece of the American dream, but we're realizing that it's out of a, out of reach for a lot of people. So we are beginning to look at the build for rent space, which is, you know, these smaller communities where someone's actually renting a single family home within the entire communities of rental, not on like an apartment complex, but they're actually single family homes. We think that will be next. Never say never to apartments. But really soup to nuts as it pertains to where somebody's going to lay their head on a pillow. Scott, this is incredibly interesting. We thank you so much for joining us. Um, great stuff. Glad I could join you, Doug. Thanks for having me. To learn more about the True Life Companies, please visit truelifecompanies.com. Please visit us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin and the Power Your Advice podcast team. This is Doug Heikman.